Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the feast of St. Maximilian Kolbe. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who filled the priest and martyr St. Maximilian Kolbe with a burning love for the Immaculate Virgin Mary and with zeal for souls and love of neighbour, graciously grant through his intercession that striving for your glory by eagerly serving others, we may be conformed even until death to your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Ezekiel. The Lord says this, Jerusalem, I will treat you as you deserve. You who have despised your oath, even to the extent of breaking a covenant. But I will remember the covenant that I made with you when you were a girl. And I will conclude a covenant with you that shall last forever. And you for your part, will remember your past behavior and be covered with the shame when I take your elder and younger sisters and make them your daughters, although that was not included in this covenant. I am going to renew my covenant with you, and you will learn that I am the Lord. And so remember and be covered with shame, and in your confusion be reduced to silence. When I have pardoned you for all that you have done, it is the Lord who speaks. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You have turned from your anger to comfort me. You have turned from your anger to comfort me. Truly, God is my salvation. I trust I shall not fear. For the Lord is my strength, my song. He became my savior. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. You have turned from your anger to comfort me. Give thanks to the Lord. Give praise to his name. Make his mighty deeds known to the peoples. Declare the greatness of his name. You have turned from your anger to comfort me. Sing a psalm to the Lord, for he has done glorious deeds. Make them known to all the earth. People of Zion, sing and shout for joy. For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. You have turned from your anger to comfort me. Alleluia, alleluia. Receive this message 
not as human words, but as truly the word of God. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Some Pharisees approached Jesus, and to test him they said, Is it against the law for a man to divorce his wife on any pretext whatever? He answered, Have you not read that the Creator from the beginning made them male and female, and that he said, This is why a man must leave father and mother and cling to his wife, and the two become one body? They are no longer two, therefore, but one body. So then, what God has united, man must not divide. They said to him, Then why did Moses command that a writ of dismissal should be given in cases of divorce? It was because you were so unteachable, he said, that Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But it was not like this from the beginning. Now I say this to you. The man who divorces his wife, I'm not speaking of fornication, and marries another is guilty of adultery. The disciples said to him, If that is how things are between husband and wife, it is not advisable to marry. But he replied, It is not everyone who can accept what I have said, but only those to whom it is granted. There are eunuchs born that way from their mother's womb. There are eunuchs made so by men. And there are eunuchs who have made themselves that way for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, Ezekiel, what are you talking about today? Uh, Actually, in the lectionary today, um, there's a shortened uh, version that's given uh, as a possibility to read. And um, when we were recording the readers, I said to Jago, oh, yeah, just do the short version. Um, And I kind of regret it. Should have done the long version because it just provides the context which makes the reading that we have Uh, make a lot more sense. When the Lord speaks through Ezekiel, um, he really likes to use uh, analogies and parables and, um, as we saw yesterday, these kind of prophetic actions. And today we have a a beautiful analogy. Ezekiel speaks of Israel as a baby born out in the field, abandoned and exposed, uh, and that God is the one who rescues this child, who you know, raises this child, cares for this child. And, and you know, once the girl has reached a marriageable age, that, that God takes her as his own. He showers her with gold and silver and jewels and clothing and makes of her a queen and makes her his own. But we hear the familiar story that Israel... The bride, the one who has entered into covenant relationship with God, has been unfaithful to that covenant. And, you know, the analogy of having been taken as a bride by God uh, means that her unfaithfulness is akin to adultery. Uh, In fact, Ezekiel accuses Israel of having entered into prostitution. The Lord was the one who took her from her abject poverty made her beautiful, made her bride, made her queen. But she hasn't responded to that kindness with faithfulness. 
But, says the Lord through Ezekiel, I'm going to renew my covenant with you, and you will learn that I am the Lord, and so remember and be covered with shame, and in your confusion be reduced to silence when I have pardoned you for all that you have done. It's the Lord who speaks. In other words, even though this marriage has resulted in unfaithfulness, God will renew, will restore this covenant relationship, this mutual belonging between God and Israel. Now, if you've got a missile or something, um, read read the reading, the, like the longer version of the reading, um, because it speaks about God's loving care for Israel. Um, and it speaks of the many reasons why Israel ought to be grateful to God, which makes their infidelity even more inexplicable. How did you do this in the face of the love which God has shown? When we translate this story, you know, sort of to our own personal lives, our own personal spiritual lives, um, I think we can start to see the importance of gratitude in maintaining our own fidelity, our own faithfulness towards God. Um, now, if you remember my parish, or you know, if you've ever been to catechesis with me on Tuesday nights or whatever, um, I sincerely apologize for telling this story because you've probably heard it once, twice, multiple times. But I think it's probably a story that I'll end up telling until the day I die because it was sort of a fairly formative experience for me. Um, at the end of my first year in the seminary, we, we made the Ignatian spiritual exercises, the 30-day the silent retreat. And one of the things which my spiritual director said to me um, really struck home and, and has stuck with me ever since. I was sitting there and he looked at me and he said, Peter, what would happen if God for a second forgot the chair that you were sitting on? And I thought to myself, well, I, I mean, I, I suppose that the chair would, would disappear. Like, it wouldn't just break. It would just not exist anymore. It would be annihilated. He says, yeah, good. No, that's that's right. And what would happen to you? I thought, oh, I suppose I'd fall on the ground. He goes, you're right. And then imagine a split second later, God thought, oh, that's right. The chair that Peter was sitting on. But what would happen? And I said, I, I suppose it'd land on me. And then he looked at me and he said, can you see how God is your greatest servant? Fair enough. I think that's what Ezekiel is saying to us today. Can you see how God is your greatest servant? Every single moment of our existence comes as a free gift from him. And there's no moment when we're not out of his mind. He's, he's constantly willing us to be, to exist, to share in his great act of being. And yet we become forgetful of him. God says to Ezekiel, look, you know, I, I, I found Israel out in the field, completely helpless and abandoned. And I cared for Israel every single moment of their life. And I brought these people to myself. I made them my own. I gave them every good gift. 
you know, in the in the allegory, it's 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 gold and silver and jewels and clothing and everything to make you not only alive but beautiful and great. We have every reason to be grateful to God uh, and to return His love. Uh, by means of our own fidelity, our own faithfulness. Uh, if you're anything like me, um, you probably haven't made every post a winner. Uh, and, you know, look back with regret at the times of our own unfaithfulness, especially in the light of all the many blessings that we've received. But you know what? I think it's too self-indulgent to turn toward misery, to become sorrowful or sullen or forlorn. Oh, Lord, I've been so terrible and I've been so ungrateful. You know what? There's a place for recognizing that, but there's also a place for moving on. Because what does God say? I'm going to renew this covenant with you. And it's not about looking backwards and having to pay the price, but instead to looking forwards and living a new life. And that new life is one of covenant faithfulness born out of gratitude, gratitude for the love which God has given us. So there's one little piece of advice that I give, um, particularly to kids and young people, uh, about gratitude. You know, when you're brushing your teeth, rather than just sort of staring blankly at yourself in the mirror, use that as a moment to think of three concrete blessings which God has bestowed on us in the last day and thank him for them. And, you know, don't hide behind generalities. Oh, thank you for my mum and my dad and my dog. No, be specific. What happened today? Where was God present? How has he blessed me? I mean, he's blessed me with every, every single breath that I've been able to take, but, but, you know, where else has he been present? I come to see my life in a network of love. I come to see that the only fitting response is gratitude and faithfulness. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, 
the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.